Elias Samari exists in the darkness that clouds his mind. Cress Devereaux exists in the light that inspires her soul. Together they create beautiful shades of gray. An arranged marriage forces two families to smooth the edges of their jagged past with hopes of a new beginning. Can a union tainted with secrets and uncertainty promise an unbreakable alliance? The one thing that Elias and Cress share in common is family over everything. But should they continue to fight for family when that same family has never truly fought for them? Trigger warning. This book discusses mental health issues. There's explicit language and there is mature content. So if any of those things are not to your liking or you don't want to read about them, I will see you in the next episode. So we first meet Elias, who is in a fight like he boxes underground i believe to get out his frustrations and to just let everything go in the ring and he's also like what do i want to call him like an enforcer for a, a quote-unquote boss of some kind even though he comes from a wealthy family so after the fight where he he fought three fights in one night, like basically working his body well past his limits, but that's how he tor- he chooses to torture himself, dealing with things of the past. So then he's sent on a mission by this boss to beat up a guy because he hasn't been, you know, sending in his money like he's supposed to. So he goes to the guy and the guy's like, no, I got the money in my office. So it's like... Why you want to get your ass whooped instead of just handing over the money like you're supposed to? So he go gets that money, deliver it, boom. He comes home. When he comes home, he sees this car in front of his house and he immediately knows that it's his brother and he's pissed because it's like, they promised to leave me alone. You know, like no contact. We won't speak to each other, nothing like that. So when he walks in his house, his brother sitting in the dark drinking and he don't have no liquor in his house so he know he don't brought the liquor with him so he like why why are you here and his brother ezekiel's like i can't come to see my brother you know you family and elias says no we had an agreement that we would stay away from each other and ezekiel says no you did that to torture yourself for the guilt that you feel and all in all it's like after they get over this back and forth ezekiel is there because he needs elias to come home their father is dead because he has no relationship with his father well he didn't have a relationship with the family period but definitely with his father but ezekiel lets him know he died i believe like three weeks prior he had cancer and Elias still don't care. He like, okay, what they got to do with me? Like, y'all good. We we decided to separate. Like I said, I'm living my life. Y'all living y'all's. We good. But Ezekiel tells him, like, no, I need you to come home. And I need you to agree to marry into a family so things can get back on track the way they used to be. And so he's like, who is it? And, um... What was her name? Was it Joan? I believe it was Joan or Joe Devereaux. Now, and this stops Elias completely in his tracks. He's like, you want me to marry into the family that killed our brother? And 
Ezekiel says with a straight face, like, yeah. And he's like, you out your motherfucking mind? No, I'm not doing that. And their his the Omari history with the Devereaux family is they used to work together. You know, they uh what is it? Like they came together to basically run their city or run their state, whatever how it goes. Um until something happened where one of the uh the Devereaux children, like he got mad at something I believe Elias was doing. So he caused himself bringing a gun and trying to confront Elias, but he ends up shooting their other brother and that brother ends up dying. And at that time, the family was mad at Elias because it's very much, it should have been you. You the one he was gunning for. Uh, this is all your fault. You know, just dumping all of this onto him. So to basically avenge his brother's death, Elias goes to get the one that killed their brother and he kills him allegedly because nobody has proof, but everybody knows that he's the one that did it. And so he's like, there's there's no way I'm marrying into that family. And Ezekiel is, he basically guilt trips, guilt trip him, which I did not like. When I was reading, I was just like, so you are going to force him to do this while also telling him at the same time, you know, you don't have to do that. Yes, he does. You would not get off his back about this. And you manipulated him under the guise of family and being your brother and saying you needed him. And of course he was going to do it. And I was just so, I'm just like, this man said, no, I don't know how many times, like he said, no, that's the big, no is a sentence and it's an answer. And it should be respected. But the fact that it wasn't, he agrees to do this. So, you know, he's coming back into their family home. I believe they're like worth either millions or billions. He comes from a very wealthy family, but he wasn't living that way. So then we meet uh, Cress. Cress is a ballerina dancer. And, you know, she's just living her life, doing what she loves until she gets a call from her younger sister telling her that she's about to get married. And when Cress finds this out, she's very upset about it. Cause she's like, no way. But the thing is, Cress isn't involved in the quote unquote life, the way the rest of the family was, they really let her do what she wanted to do or what she had dreams to do. So, but, um, Joan, is all in. This is all she ever wanted to do. She wanted to make the family proud. She wants to be a part of the business. So she was happy to step up and agree to the marriage, you know, basically for the family. And Cress is trying to fight so hard. She's like, you don't have to do this. No, I can't believe he would make you like their older brother, um, Christian. She's like, I wouldn't believe Christian would make you do this. And Jonah's like, what you're failing to understand is this is exactly what I want to do. But, um, so then she goes to have a talk with her brother and it's like, don't make her do this. And he has to explain to her, you know, what I said, like, you don't know what we go through, like what goes on, this has to happen, but I'm not making her do anything. She offered to do it. So we're going to go along with it. Now, 
then they uh who was it it was elias ezekiel christian and two other men like they all had to meet up together and it was ezekiel elias and christian showing up to show that they're a united front and the things that were happening in the city i believe one of them was a politician yeah and so he's like you know your son son son-in-law because i don't believe it was his actual son is running to be the next mayor or governor and he's like you know you want us to get you the votes that you actually need because doing what you're doing making a deal with this guy ain't gonna get you what you need and so everybody's like we know y'all not uh united how y'all pretending to be in this moment we know what happened like y'all ain't got the juice like that no more and that's when i believe christian said well what you don't know is we're actually about to have a marriage in the family, uniting the family. So we actually are like that. And like we said, do not work with him, work with us. And the politician, he really ain't seeing it. He's just like, no, nah, I'm gonna take my best bet right now with the other guy. And so they're like, all right, we gonna see. So when they leave, uh, then we have a conversation with Elias, Ezekiel and Christian where Elias says he doesn't want to marry the younger sister. He wants Crest. And if it's not her, then he's not doing it, which I can understand. Cause I think he's like, not to where I believe it's creepy, but it's just like, she's too young for him. He don't want to marry her. He wants Crest. And so then Christian has to go to Crest gets her to agree to it you know it's for the family it's for the business you know you've been able to live your life and do what you wanted to do this is when we need you to step up for the family and do this for the family oh fuck the family the family fucked my husband uh so she agrees and at first you know she don't want nothing to do with him she don't want to talk to him nothing like that but elias is charming and you know they he shows uh what is it i'm at a loss for words but what i'm trying to say is like he's real sweet to her he um what is it he came to one of her dances and he put her what's he called like a manager in check sorry i'm not having the right terminology but uh because what is it like the instructor whatever that nigga is called he's always mean to her because he knows that her family comes from money but it wasn't like she was using that as her way to dance she had actual talent she did what he told her to do and basically took his abuse until elias showed up and was like who the hell are you talking to like that don't be talking to her like that and um he flipped <laughs> that was when you know he flipped that nigga and uh like put him on his back and was like didn't i tell you to watch how the fuck you talk to my fiance and uh i believe he flew in uh like a couple dresses she had a one-of-a-kind dress from like this amazing stylist that nobody could get and basically like stole a dress that was meant for somebody else but he paid for her to have it and her friend is basically in her ear like girl he is trying to show you all the ways that he likes you and like even though this is an arranged marriage it can actually work 
And so she's starting to soften up against him. And what nobody knows at first is Elias is bipolar. He uh he had a therapist back in his city, I believe, but then when he moved back home, he got a new therapist who got him on new medication. So at first he didn't tell Cress, but talking to the therapist, it's like, you know. Do not let her go into this blind. Let her know what she's dealing with. So he sits and has the conversation with her. Like, you know, this is what it is. This is all the medication that I take. And she was okay with it. Because while they were on their honeymoon, it's kind of like he was embarrassed by it. And anytime she would kind of like try to approach him or watch him take his medication, he was self-conscious about it. But she was like, you know, I'm not going it. And she told him that. She said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to see you through this. You know, you told me about it. I appreciate that. And we're just going to move forward. So she moves out of her family. Uh, no, she had an apartment, my bad, because it was closer to uh, her, the dance studio. So she moves out of there and moves into his family home with him because, you know, the house is so big. Everybody has their own wing, whatever, whatever. But they're slowly... Begun, um, begins, excuse me, to have cracks because he's starting to act irrational. And he had told his therapist, like, this medication, it got me all off. I'm not liking it. I want to go back to what I used to have. So at one point, he's, like, hallucinating badly. He's thinking that she's, like, one, not only cheating on him, but also trying to set him up. And it comes full circle to being the guy that promised the politician and his son one thing, like to help them get the votes. He was in cahoots with the doctor and they gave him um, medications to make him hallucinate. So he would like basically wild out and have the big uh, episode that he had and so that he uh he could kill him because he was waiting the the guy i forgot his name started with an h but it's literally like slipping my mind he was waiting in cress's apartment and she had went there after uh elias like blew up at her accused her of trying to set him up and was cheating on him with somebody else so to get away she left and the guy was waiting in her apartment and Somebody was sending Elias like text messages and pictures and videos and sent him the picture of her going into her apartment and the guy being there. So he rushes over there and, you know, it's all exposed. And when they get him settled down and sedated, Cress is right by his side. Um, Ezekiel tried to push her away like you know no he needs to be alone like let us like basically quote unquote let his family handle it but it's like um excuse me in case y'all forgot I'm his wife so I'm his family like I'm his main family now so no I want to be by his side every step of the way and I'm not going anywhere so you know when he comes to I want to say what was it like a day or two or possibly even three days later like he's finally woken up or like uh that medication has worn off because he would wake up but he would wake up still like 
what am I trying to say? Like he was still angry, still acting out. So they would put him right back to sleep, right back under. And um, when he first wakes up, Ezekiel is there. So they have a conversation and Ezekiel tells him what happened. Like, you know, they did this to you. They switched out your medication. So you possibly thought you were going, uh, I know people don't like this word when talking about mental health. You thought you were going crazy, but you weren't actually, they were trying to make you crazy. And so he's like, uh, Elias, he's like, where's Crescent? He's like, you know, she's right outside. Um, I told her to let me talk to you first, but she never left your side. She was right beside you the whole way. So they go out for a walk just to have a conversation and talk. And once again, she's like, I'm not going anywhere. Um, we got through that. We're going to get through the rest of it. I love you. It's us. And that like really meant a lot to him too because he was like you know i just knew for sure that when you found first when uh he told her about his bipolarness that she was gonna leave she didn't and then after how he acted with her because he got a little physical with her and just seeing him act out that way like basically almost be like the hulk it should have scared her away but it didn't She's willing to fight through it and go to therapy with him to talk about it and be by his side. And so then we have an epilogue of them talking to a new therapist and him expressing his feelings because they have a son. Um, and it's like, how do you feel about that? And of course, his main concern is I don't want my son to be like me. And I don't want to pass this on to my son, which they don't know yet. But of course, it's a big possibility. So they're just taking it one day at a time. But Chris does you know, and even if that is the case, I love you. We love him and we're going to see it through. So that was Shadows and Whispers by Casey Mills. It was a real good book. It was it was kind of heavy, but it was enjoyable at the same time. Because these conversations about mental health and how people navigate through life with mental illnesses should be had. Like, they should be able to have love lives, have children, and, you know, basically have a life. I'm not going to say function like everybody else, but have a life like everybody else does and just do what works for them and makes it the best way possible for them. They shouldn't just not be able to have children, not be able to have significant others, just take medication and just go through life like that. They should be able to experience family just like everybody else does. Just, you know, with a little bumps along the road. All right, peace and blessings, my beautiful people, and I'll see you back in the next episode.